You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hi, my name is Stella, and I listen to you from Las Vegas. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I am hooked, and every time the episode ends, I want more. So thank you for doing such an amazing job. Have a great day. Bye. Stella, thank you. I can't say that name without being like, Stella! (laughs) It's like in my head, Charity. I don't know. Guys, I'm Mark. And I'm Charity. And we got a special guest. Guest, who are you? And I'm Christopher. Hi, Guys, crime creep in the house, Mister Christopher. He, you yeah. see him. You're missing out if you are not on the Case Watch Crime Creeps group. Kind of like Charity's not. <laughs> you would know that Christopher is a serial killer. Yeah, he is. I found out um, not through the Crime Creeps, but Mark <laughs> told me. I I screenshotted it and sent it to you. Yes, you did. <laughs> See, you're missing out, guys. It's a free group, and I actually want to start with this right off the top. Um, We do the live broadcast. We do a lot of the cool stuff to kind of interact with people. So I said to Charity the other day, you know what we should do? We should do a Zoom call with all the crime creeps. That would be so fun. So we're going to do it soon, but it's not going to be done on the Facebook page. You have to be a member of the crime creep group because, A, if you're listening to this podcast, you already like us. Let's be honest. Right. So might as well join the Crime Creep group. It's free. All you have to do is to go to the group section on Facebook and type in Case Watch Crime Creeps. Comes right up. It's got the nice color logo on it. Click join, and then you're in the group, and you get to see the serial killer himself, Mr. Christopher. Yeah. Exclusive. Exclusive. Christopher, <laughs> yes, what's sir. going on, buddy? Oh, not too much. Um, just kind of hanging out here in my house. I've uh, been very excited to do this podcast with you guys um we had a whole huge snowstorm here yesterday so just kind of hanging out relaxing what's so you don't have to tell us exactly where you're from what state are you in new york all right so yeah we got hit with it too because i had to go across i-90 yesterday i had to go to springfield mass because i was doing but a, it's like gone today it is it's weird but i left my yeah. house and it was rain then i i got to worcester and it was freezing rain worcester worcester <laughs> I get out there, then it was like a complete ice storm. So it was like two miles an hour and it was horrible. So yeah, I, you had to be involved in the same storm as us. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's over and hopefully this is the last of it. Hopefully. I, God, I hope so. I can't stay in the snow. I hate it. I live in the, I live in the wrong quarter of the country. You like do. I should be South or same. West. Or even Texas. 
You I always say that. I do. I know, but Kristen's the one who wants to stay here. I ask myself the same thing every year. Why? Just why? <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate this weather. I don't mind. I don't you. ski. I don't snowboard. I don't snowmobile. <laughs> I drive a car through this. <laughs> That's true. It, it makes it no fun to me at all. All right. Well, we are super, super excited so to have Christopher excited. here. The reason he is here is because he actually recommended this case to us. He sure did. So he wanted to come on and we said, heck yeah, come on. We love our creeps. Of course. An update in the Helena Hutchins case. Matt Hutchins, the husband of cinematographer Helena Hutchins, who died while filming the movie Rust, blames his wife's death on the movie star Alec Baldwin, as well as industry standards that were not practiced on set. That is an understatement in my book here. And I did you watch the video clip of him? I did. Where he said he he literally said that he blames Alec Baldwin. He should. I know. The Hutchins family filed a lawsuit on February 15th against Baldwin and others involved with the filming, alleging that reckless behavior and cutting costs led to the 42-year-old cinematographer's death. Baldwin denied the accusations that the set was unsafe. I remember reading, Charity, numerous reports that people actually walked out day of that morning because it was issues on set. Didn't someone shoot himself in the foot or something? There was a lot of things that happened there. It's ridiculous. The idea that the person holding the gun and causing it to discharge is not responsible is absurd to me. And Matt had said that to today co-host Hoda. He did. Yeah. It's absolutely unacceptable that this was even allowed to get to this level. I I don't know where this is going to go, but something needs to be done. It absolutely does, because this is unacceptable. You wanted to say, but gun safety was not the only problem on set. There was a number of industry standards that were not practiced, and there's numerous responsible parties. That's an understatement of the actual year here. What makes me so mad is that less than two months after the tragedy, Baldwin went and discussed the incident on an ABC News interview saying, someone's responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that was. But it was not me. That really pissed me off. I was fuming after I watched that interview. Whether you were a fan yep. of him or not, yep. any bit of respect you have is gone with that statement. Because let's not uh, forget, at the end of the day, Helena Hutchins is not here to answer for what happened. Nope. And now her nine-year-old son, Andros, is now without a mother. Yeah. Matt Hutchins is also without his wife. Yep. And that's what it's all about. It's not about whether... I'm responsible. I'm not responsible. You were holding the gun. The gun's not going to go off. I don't care what you're saying and what you're making up for excuses. People that know that style gun, no, it's not going to go off unless you pull the trigger. I don't know the style gun, but I know it's a gun. So, and he was holding it. Definitely do yourself a flavor and go on YouTube. And there's a bunch of videos that actually detail the actual gun and how it works and how it operates and see that there's no way that that gun's just going to go off by itself. Like I said before, and I'll continue to say, this whole case is absolutely unacceptable. It is. It is. It is, it is unacceptable. And, um, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> His opinion. I love <laughs> my that. My opinion. <laughs> uh, he, he's neg- negligent in this whole situation. I mean, the fact that he is in total denial um, and takes absolutely no responsibility, it's just, it, it is. It's unacceptable. And I'm not completely I'm not placing, you know, we've always said when somebody talks too much, like he's he's nervous about something because he's he's been everywhere. I mean, he's been on Twitter. He's been, you know, all of his social medias. He's done all of these interviews. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They can't rein him in. It's like, just stop talking. Exactly. And it's unacceptable. If If you have nothing to hide, the whole cell phone thing stands out to me. Yes. Yeah, good point. I didn't even think of Just that one. Just hand it over. Uh, you well, know, you know, if, it, if you have nothing to hide, you didn't do anything wrong, and you want to actually help you know, this family have some kind of relief, then you want to do everything you can. Yep, I agree 100%. Yeah, I don't think he actually wants to help anybody out other than himself, because basically yep. it's a how can I make myself not be responsible, and it was a CYA mm-hmm. since the beginning, absolutely. Yep, mm-hmm. 100% agreed. Uh, that's sad. Let's hope there's a, a positive outcome for this family, at least, and some justice is brought for Helena Hutchins. Charity, I hope so. what do we have today? I think we have some Case Watch Court. So you we get your do. little point a finger, right? Guys, fingers out. It yes. is. It's armed. And it's ready. Are you ready? Uh, ready. Okay, do it, do it. It's like the power. It's just sitting Ugh. in an upright position. Oh, it's starting to turn. 
I love it. It just brings him so much joy. It's the best part of this podcast when I get to hit that button. (laughs) So one of our crime creeps, Jerry, sent this in. So basically, let's say you're in drive-thru. For me, that's a lot. (laughs) I'm always in a drive-thru. Is it um, a specific drive-thru? doesn't matter. Okay, just check. So you're at a drive-thru. And you notice a car in front of you. You can see a car seat in the back seat. Okay. And you don't know if there's a baby in it or not. You don't know if there's a baby in it or not. You see the window roll down and a cloud of smoke roll out of that car. Not just cigarette smoke, Because you can smell it. You smell it. Okay. So it's weed. It's the reefer. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the green stuff. It is. It's It's the the last dance with Mary Jane. It's the... The grass, as some call it. Marijuana. <laughs> the marijuana. Yeah. So what do you do? <laughs> oh. Would you call, call the police? I mm. I think I would. I don't know. I, <laughs> so in the state that we live in, recreational use of marijuana is legal. Correct. But. Same. Not while you're driving. It's not legal while you're driving still. Nevertheless, having yep. a baby in the car. Not knowing Correct. if there's a baby in that car or not. Ugh, I know. Time. See, it's uh, like it, it, it borders on the I'm a mind my own effing business yeah, kind of guy. But, but also but, you can anonymously call. Yeah, yes. but I'm also a let's not fill our kids lungs with marijuana smoke kind of guy. Right. And I'm also a I don't want you to run into me because you're stoned guy out Correct. on the road. Correct. I have no problem if you want to smoke your last dance with Mary Jane in the comfort of your own home. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure they're not even supposed to smoke cigarettes with a child. With with a child, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Knowing myself, I would probably write the license plate number down. Yeah, that's true. I would write the license plate number down and say, listen, I'm not sure. This is a possibility. I saw uh, a child seat in the car and, you know, the smell. And just be like, listen, you might want to do a check. Just check it out, you know? Yeah, I think I would, too. I think I would, too. Yeah, just anonymously. We don't even, well, weigh in on social media, guys. Let us know. But I think we just three anode this. The yeah. worst part about this was, is this gentleman did report this oh, to the authorities. Uh, and the law enforcement showed up with an attitude that he was getting his time wasted. Well, by the time, from what, he, from what it sounds like, by the time he arrived, the couple was sitting in their car eating lunch. And there was no signs of the marijuana. Of course. So he was irritated that his time was wasted, as Mark said. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. we always set, tell people, this is, all right, this goes into a bigger statement. All right, I need a button for like a, a Mark rant. We need to come up with a Mark rant. Yeah, we do. This goes on, this button works. Hold on. That one makes me happy. So <laughs> and that, we still need the more the more you know button too. I do have that down in the oh, other one. Remember, that's on the other here. studio. Yeah, I got to do that one up here. You get this. People do wars of words all the time, and it drives me nuts. When something bad happens to you, charity, what's the first thing one of your friends say to you? If you ever need anything, reach out. Oh yeah. What's mm-hmm. the last thing your friend wants you to do? Reach out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People always say, and you you get law enforcement online when they're discovering, a, you know, talking about a bad case, and they say, if you see anything, just call us, let us know, you know, but yet here's a case where they get called and they have an attitude. Yep. Who knows? That tip could have led to, there could have been an abducted child in that car. There could have been. Right. There could have been anything. Right. So now, how many times do we, we see this stuff where you'll see on the loose, like, oh, well, you know, the... Strangler was actually stopped 18 times by law enforcement. Oh, I know. Nobody asked questions. And it, like, come on. You you can't ask for people to assist you. Right. And then not want to help. Right. Right. I mean, it's like, I'm sorry, you have to do your job. If you don't want right. to be a cop, don't be a cop. I probably would not have called if there was no car seat. I still don't want them driving around, but I probably would just be like, whatever. I don't know. I'm very weird with that because whether I would call or not would be really dependent on what kind of mood I was in. I was just going to say. Or yeah. if they, were, they, they were, did something that aggravated me. Or perhaps if you were hangry. If, yes, that, that makes a big difference. <laughs> uh, so I think we, we need the rest of our crime creeps to weigh in on this. Think, what do you think? I think so. I think so as well. But the three of yep. us, 
we say guy in the car smoking the the grass you're bad yeah i wish i had some like you know do 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 yeah i'll do it right now do 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 the more you know <laughs> oh, all right so i <laughs> We did something last week that we haven't done before, and we felt a little bad for doing it. We rolled out a part one of part two on a Monday. We did. And then we didn't give you part two on Thursday. We made you wait till this Monday. So I know. That was mean. It was, but I, everybody seems to really love the case that we covered. Uh, can't thank Carrie Ann enough for coming on. That's a case that is going to live with me for a long, long time. Me too. The strength of her to come on. And I didn't know if I was going to talk about this. And like, I kind of mentioned it to charity and I think I am going to say something about this because yep. I'm pissed and I don't get mad very oh, often. Oh Yes. We are bringing this up. I'm going to bring it up. Okay. So the day before that interview went live, um, just the advertisement from it, I got an email from a douchebag. We got the email. Yes. Because I saw it at the same time. And you said, you messaged me immediately and said, do not respond to that, which I wasn't going to anyways. So it just happened to be, and I'm not going to mention names. It just happened to be the killer sister. Yes. And basically eight paragraphs of victim blaming and family blaming. Mm -hmm. You are a douchebag. Your brother is a killer. Convicted. Convicted. Killer. So let's not forget that. So therefore, don't put messages to us saying that we're bad because we're covering a case. And on top of that, not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry. I apologize. But. I apologize. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carrie Ann did such a good job. She did not even talk about the family. The only thing she she did say is that she knows how much they loved her. She did not say anything negative about his family. It was all about huge volumes. And, you know, she was so eloquent with the entire interview and telling the story and telling the story of not only her sister, but how it affected her profoundly. And that's all that should have been about. Absolutely. I agree. It needed to be addressed. Yep. And, I have no place for stuff like that. So, guys, we welcome all feedback, but just know that if you victim blame or you act like a, a douchebag and you send that in to me, yep. you're going to get called out on the show. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't use your names, but if, I mean, people could very clearly look up who the killer was and then look at who her sister was, his yeah. sister was. Very, don't very, very, very bad. It's sad that you're, you're I just, it, it makes me so mad, Charity. I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, we were kind of fumed for a while because of that one. Still fumed. I might actually print that out and put that up on the wall right here so we can always remember what we do this podcast for. Okay, I'm good with that. Arr, this makes me so mad. I have, a, I have a side note on that, though. I mean, because, you know, that's kind of a, you know, negative on that on that end. And um, I feel like, you know, how dare she do that? But uh, I listened to the, the whole interview and Carrie Ann's impact story, man. That was, oh, my God. It blew me away. I, I mean, literally lost it. I mean, I I, I was I having a hard time editing I didn't know over it was here. Gonna be, I didn't know we were going to do a video. I thought it was just going to be the audio. So, yeah. It, yeah. 
I mean, it was so powerful that I'm thinking like that kind of courage. I know that, you know, if it had been either of my siblings, I would have done, I would have done the same thing, but mm-hmm. putting myself in her shoes, I mean, it shook me to my core. Yep. I mean, cause that, that could have been me. It could have been my sister. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, that that's how moving I thought she did, was like she was yeah. just really got the story. Out I think there. she that showed an immense amount of bravery. Oh, my God. I don't yeah. think people understand. Yeah. You could see it in her face. And you guys watched the video. Me and Charity sat here and just the look on her face was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. What what a brave, strong person who all she wanted to do is just to get the story out about her sister. Because at the end of the day, the reason we started doing this and the reason she came on is because we want to prevent this from happening to somebody else. Absolutely. And to victim blame does not help this cause, guys. Nope. Unacceptable. Absolutely not. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, part two of today's episode. Charity, take it away. Okay, we're going to be talking about uh, douchebag one and douchebag two. Continuing on, Mary yep. and Alice. Can't make it any better than that. <laughs> so when we left off, Marissa was back living with them. And she kind of became the keeper of the boys. Alice just couldn't be bothered anymore, even though she was still the boss. So she was still the boss bitch. Sorry. Had to say it. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> I'll allow that. Yeah, because I can't. Marissa was always kind to the boys when she was told to feed them their one half Sandwich. Of, oh my God, isn't that horrible? Un- unacceptable. Half, what, just a half of a peanut butter sandwich for two boys. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, and so she also was the one who would bring them to the bathroom. Jesse and Tyler begged her to bring them to the kitchen when the bitches weren't home. She did so. They grabbed as much food as they could. Chips, cookies, drinks, all the things they had been missing out on. These poor boys. Think about this for a minute, guys. I think yeah. about when I was a kid. It was like... Not all the time, but it was like, I, I never wanted for anything. It was a, I, if I wanted a snack, I got a snack. I mean, I know that it's yeah. not that way for everybody, um, but I can't possibly imagine being starved to death, being that little, not understanding why. And just trying to look, because when you're that little, you don't really have the understanding of good versus evil. And right. Yep. Just looking at that, how much that is, oh my God, that sticks with you forever. I mean, I look back into my childhood and I said it before, it's just, it's so sad that these kids wanted for what, just to eat. I know. It's unacceptable. These people, and when I looked, oh, after I got done, I had to look, you know, who these people were. Yeah. And the look of the smug look on their faces when I had to make the, uh, the the artwork for the episode, it just made me hate them more because they were just like, oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. whatever it is what it is. Yep. Hate them. Hate them. Um, So anyways, they quickly headed back to their jail and they enjoyed their feast. Of course, Alice found out they weren't fed for at least two days when she found out because she was so angry with them. And when they were fed, it was two bowls of animal feces. (gasps) Oh, my God. I hate this lady. My God. I hate both of these ladies. How could a mother let this happen to their children? And they had to eat it in front of her to make sure they ate it. And when they... Threw some of it up. She made them eat the throw up, uh, the feces uh, throw up. Oh uh, yeah, that and that blows me away right oh there. My God. I mean, not not just that, but the fact that they learned their children, they learn to regurgitate oh, and eat their food. The fact that they're children and they learned to, to do that. Yeah, I have heard I, I, in some states that they allow you to listen to podcasts while you're in prison. Oh, awesome! So well, just. Anybody who happens to be imprisoned with these two lovely ladies, just remember this stuff. Yeah. And maybe help prepare them a meal. Yeah, exactly. Mm, just saying. Delicious. I mean, just my opinion. Mark's mm-hmm. opinion. They may not be able to get I agree. An- they may not be able to get animal feces, but they could get, certainly get other feces. They can figure out something. Just saying. They can think on their toes. On their toes. Just saying. Just saying. They'll be creative. Exactly. <laughs> A man doing some work on the house called after he witnessed abuse and one of Alice's own sisters called. So these people are calling the child services. You'd think the police would have checked in with child services or vice versa, or I don't even know. It's it's ridiculous. They don't really communicate very well together. There's a lot of cases, and I know I'm from New Hampshire, so I reference New Hampshire a lot. But if you're watching the news, there's a ton of cases from New Hampshire right now that are involving child services where they have let stuff just like this happen. And yep. it's unacceptable. 
We need to start holding this whole system accountable, people. Yep. Marissa's father and stepmother, Brady and Lisa Pottlesweight, totally, totally got that wrong. I'm sorry so about sorry. that, guys. Sorry, guys. But I think even if Mark was trying to read it. If you have a last name like that, yeah. you, you got to know it's going to be mispronounced. Like, my last name is difficult for some people. Yeah. I know it's never going to be pronounced correctly. So they also called many times. Also, in 2001, Marissa told a psychologist about the abuse her brothers were receiving. This was also reported to child services. The boys told detectives that child services would call well before they came by. This would give the couple ample time to bathe them, and they would all appear normal. Of course, I could actually appear normal if I had a, you know, hey, we're coming at 5 p.m. today. Be ready. Why don't they pop in unannounced? Shouldn't that be a thing? It should be. I mean, it's not a thing if you don't want to do your job. So if you don't want to do your job and actually have to help people, then you just let people know, hey, we'll be there around this time. Just make sure everything's copacetic. Ugh. Or the fact that they don't they come and they don't actually like check the entire house. Yeah, that, well, yes, know? that's the other thing. If they yeah. had just gone upstairs and saw the condition. The closet. Yeah. Oh, my God. Marissa's father and stepmother actually called every single time Marissa told them of the abuse. These people tried. Tried. That's what makes me so mad. Yep. The boys were randomly let out of their jails, cleaned and handed toys they had never seen before and told to play with them. They were confused but happy to be clean and unlocked. CPS, CPS would come to the house and Alice did all the talking. Not once did anyone ever go upstairs. They just took Alice's word. So Alice apparently was kind of a smooth talker from what it sounds like. She kind of was almost chummy with them and I hate her. Made, oh yeah. Made, made, you know, like, so whenever see, whenever they would come, they would say, Oh, Hey, Hey to us again. Oh, Hey, you know, Oh yeah. Someone just called. It's fine. Like, that's what it seems like to me. Anyways. Got another complaint. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why they keep calling and just go to show how evil she is because she knew exactly what she was doing. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, we said like, that at the same time, Mark. It's true though. It he, he true. says a great point there. She knows there there is actual negligence here. She's like, ah, I guess I, I hate this lady. I really do. Wait, listen to this next sentence, guys. All right. Marissa's father and stepmother were forced to stop calling when they were told they could face prosecution for unsubstantiated allegations. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Oh yeah. my God. How profound is that? These people tried. Yeah, I. It's not like other people weren't. They're not the only ones yeah. that were chiming in on this. It's like, how many people need to tell you? That's the thing, right? If they thought these people just had it in for them or something, I could, I could see that, right? Because there are evil, other evil people who do, right. do things like this. But yeah. to your point, Christopher, I mean, these, these were more than these were. Right, you could be evil. like, oh, that's my ex. So I'm trying to get back at her or whatever for right. getting custody. But you have more than one more than two like many mm-hmm. people i mean spelling it out for you exactly the, sy- the system failed completely here's my big issue if you hate your job quit yeah how can you go home at night and think you did a good job how, how can you face yourself in the mirror when you're looking in the mirror in the morning and you're doing your hair and you're brushing your teeth and knowing that you're just going to go and screw the pooch and not help, you know, actual people in need in families. How do you look at yourself in that mirror? How do you wake up every day and do that, knowing that you could actually make a positive difference in someone's life and help them for the better, and knowing that you just don't care? Yeah. Because I'm sorry, you basically just showed us that you don't care from every action that you do. This is unacceptable. These people need to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And how do you wake up every day and call yourself a mom? Oh, yeah. exactly. call, yourself, call yourself a mom I mean if you don't want to be a mom then let then, them go well, give them a, a fighting chance well like when she took the kids to the friend's house we, we talked about in the first episode because I don't know she had a, a moment of clarity leave them with the friends I was just going to say she should have just left them left there them with, gotta, I mean they were obviously live with their parents their other family oh, guys, members guys Charity Mark you know that's the one time she was sober Oh, oh, that's right. Because she said, yeah, that this whole thing was just because she was on drugs. Please. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Please. Uh, uh, come on now. I got to get that drop. It's like, say what? Oh, I, yeah. I got to get that one because <laughs> yeah. that would have fit perfectly right there. So the women started calling CPS on Marissa's father and stepmother. 
Oh my God. Yes. So they were threatening. They had other kids that they had on their own. They, they were so scared that their other kids were going to be taken away that they finally allowed Mary to have custody, custody of Marissa. Wow. How does this happen? How, 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 how? how? Yep. This is unacceptable. How, does how did happen? she get full custody? Uh, she got full custody of all of them? She had the custody of the of the boys, and the, the two oldest boys were actually with their father. And now, during this time, now they're all in the house. Unbelievable. The time of the escape. But they never really abused Marissa, from what it sounds like. Because, or if they did, it was probably a little bit less. Or was emotional abuse, yeah. because she was the one that they forced to... Bring the kids, you know, and then lock them back in the cl- in the closet. Like, think about it. these are your siblings that you love, and you're forced well, to lock them in a dark closet, and they're probably crying. Yeah. God only knows what kind of abuse she sustained because that, I'll say, unquote, Alice. Um, who knows what kind of things she put in her head? Yeah, like she could have been like, if you say anything, you know, I'm going to kill one of them, or if you say anything, it'll be you. Good point. Or if I kill one of them, it's your fault. So essentially, right. you killed them. Very, very so good point. That is so damaging to a child. Well, listen to this so part. Damaging. You'll like this then, Christopher. So let's get into the indictment. Prosecutors wanted to go after the couple in a hard way. They even added psychological abuse for making Marissa part of their abuse. So what you just said, that that's mm-hmm. why they went after them. Um, this count was one of 55 counts against both Mary and Alice. October 2003, both women pleaded guilty so they wouldn't have to go to trial and risk going to jail for 50 years. Mary was 31 and Alice was 27 at the time. I didn't realize they were that young. I didn't either until I read that. Because, well, let's remember, Mary started popping out pops like really young. The first was in high school and then she just continued on. So people ask the question, the children that were living with them that they had full custody of through the beginning. I don't know where their other parent was. Yeah, see, I, I was wondering that as well. Yeah, I didn't really, I couldn't find anything on it or... Yeah. Probably trying to protect them, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, um, I don't know, you know, who knows who these people were that she fathered some of these kids with. Maybe they True. just, you know, were like a one night thing and then was, a, who know? I don't know. I don't know about yeah, that. But they may not even know they exist. That's a very good point. Another point, yeah. Really good point. Mm-hmm. A Summit County judge sentenced the couple to 30 years in jail. This was in 2004. This is not Way enough. Way not enough. This is not enough. Nope. Oh, my God. In 2018, Mary requested early release in August. Listen to this one. In 2019, Alice requested to be let out of jail 15 years early, according to the Columbus Dispatch. She wrote a letter explaining how she's changed and learned from her mistakes. She said she has become an optician while in prison, has learned to knit, goes to weekly narcotics anonymous meetings, and she attends church weekly, guys. What a lovely lady, huh? Guys, just think, you could nestle up in this woman's eye doctor chair. <laughs> she can go ahead and take care of your eyes. No thanks. Just, you know, when you go to a lot of these places, they like give you, you snacks and stuff. Just don't take them here. Can I do a side note? Sure. Okay, so... I, whenever I go to the eye doctor, I like sometimes have to stop myself from laughing and I'm going to tell you why. Oh boy. Cause they like zoom in like wicked fast right into your eyeball and they're so serious about it. I just want to laugh. It's like they're up in your grill, like two seconds. Oh, like when they do the puff of air. <laughs> yes. I hate the puff of air. <laughs> I hate the puff of air. And then they're like, don't blink. Uh, you're puffing my eye with, <laughs> with air. It gives me oh, such anxiety. It does. Don't even get me started on having your eyes dilated. Oh, I've never had that happen. Oh, my God. Try to drive home after. You're like, ah. Are you supposed to not to drive home They didn't after? tell me to bring somebody. Oh. Now imagine, now imagine Alice doing that. Yeah. Oh. <gasps> Guys, optician <laughs> Actually, right there. Actually, I would love to go see her and have her up in my grill. I have a few things I'd like to say and do to her. Head butter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would use my, my vast karate skills that I learned from Spongebob and Sandy. I was just going to say, the way you just said karate <laughs> reminded me of Spongebob. I love Spongebob. Okay, sorry. Rant over. <laughs> Here is what Alice had to say in her own words. Oh, boy. I have caused a lot of pain, suffering, and grief with my victims. Understatement of the year. I am truly sorry. I want to move forward. I want a second chance, Your Honor, to show you, my victims, my family, and the community, that after 15 years of being incarcerated, that I'm changed and a better person. 
It's also better that it took eight takes to have Charity <laughs> say incarcerated there. And they could even contact Christopher and ask him. Christopher can he... verify. We heard incarcerated, incarcerated. No, no, no. Incarcerated. Incarcerated. <laughs> incarcerated. <laughs> you do that actually really well. Wow. <laughs> oh, anyways, the prosecution opposed the request saying... The child victims in this case were starved, beaten, and kept in inhumane conditions through a process of cruel, ritualistic punishment. Good. Good. I actually am going to steal a line from one of my other podcasts that I really like. And I I have to edit it because they swear in their one. I I think that if you are going to go to the judge and say, I should have time off, they should be able to look at you and say, you, ma'am, may F off. And now you got to do double. Yes. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's a hit or miss. Yep. So you, you may get time off or you may get double. Do you know what I love when she said, I just want to move on from this. Yeah, really? so doesn't oh. those victims. Because oh, guess what? Because they're never going to move on because from it. Those, yeah, exactly. When the now grown children heard about the requests, especially Alice's request for early release, they said 15 years wasn't nearly long enough after what they went through. Marissa, the only girl, unfortunately passed away during a car accident. So oh. it's now just the five boys left. The now men say they are left with a life sentence remembering all the unspeakable torment they went through and still have lasting effects. Due to the malnutrition at age 18, Caleb said he was only 5'6 and weighed only 140 pounds. After eating normally at age 19, he gained 90 pounds and grew to six feet tall. I have the chills right now because that is the saddest thing. Yeah, that's horrible. Like it stunted their growth, it stunted their development. These kids, no matter, they're, I mean, they're adults now, but. They will never fully have the mind of a person who has not been through this trauma. This is going to be something they live for the rest of their life. Every single day, it's going to affect them in ways Mm -hmm. that we don't even know are possible. Mm -hmm. Yep. It stays with you. Being locked in the dark for so long caused severe eye damage. One of the boys can't drive because his eyes are so bad. Danny didn't start to get any facial hair until he was in his 20s. Oh, wow. Let's think about that. That's nuts. Because, I mean... In high school, we all knew the one kid who was like a sophomore that could go to the packy. Hey, you're looking at me. <laughs> How's it going? Big hairy guy over had, here. Because he had a, a, a beard. <laughs> Doctors have told the boys the lack of nutrients is what caused the late growth spurts and late puberty. Jesse, now suffering from t- PTSD, has said, I could have died six more months, three more months in the closet with no food. She should serve her whole time. And that's still not enough, even the whole time. I agree. That's just like last week's case. Didn't even, I, I can you believe you could murder your wife and not even get 30 years? Yeah, it's unacceptable. This whole system needs to be overthrown and yep. it's insane. Insane. Four of the boys either met with or got in contact with Summit County Judge Amy Corrigal Jones. I think I said that one right, guys. To let it be known, they are totally against an early release. Danny said that the family wasn't even contacted when their mother asked for early release in 2018, so no one was able to voice their feelings and opinions at that time. They weren't contacted upon Alice's request either. That's unacceptable. They found out because it was announced in the Akron Beacon Journal. They found out from the newspaper people. Yeah, the system is messed up. Wow. Coming together and having to relive what happened to them must have been horrible, but it was necessary. I'm sure just having to see their childhood monster's face brought back immediate fear. Some of the boys hadn't seen each other since they were placed in different foster situations all those years ago. Jesse and Caleb spent a year in a foster home where they were fed and were able to be normal kids. Jesse has said it was a good chance at what childhood we had left. After that year, Jesse and Caleb were adopted by the Edgings family. Jesse's adoptive mother, Victoria Edging, has said he lived in fear for a long time of Alice coming to get him. A true monster, but real. Not in a dream. Think about that, right? We, we have, I, as a child, had lots of monsters, you know. I had monsters in my closet. I had ghosts in my closet. They were fake. Were your floor, was your floor lava? No, yours was, though. My floor was lava. That's weird. I, my feet had to be tucked in because a shark would get them. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I had to, yeah. Oh, if I woke up and my foot was off the bed, it, it was a miracle that I was still alive the next morning. Huh. Because that was, oh, my closet. I didn't go in my closet. That was scary. Well, you don't go in at nighttime. You never No, never. Don't look under the bed either. No. Oh, the you, wanna, you wanna know what's interesting, guys? Is that uh, I needed to find a quiet spot. Um, 
so I could make this phone call. So, you know, dogs barking and stuff, but it be interrupting. Um, I have a walk-in closet that I'm sitting in. <laughs> You're actually in a closet right now. And um, we're talking I'm in, about that. <laughs> yeah, I just realized I'm sitting in my walk-in closet. And That's I, brave. That is awesome. You know there's monsters yeah. in there, right, is Christopher? Dark? Is it dark in I there? I didn't close the door. Okay, good. Okay. Don't, don't, like don't close the door. All right, well, if you need help, oh. let us know. Do you, want, you, do you need a safe me. word? Do we, what's your safe word? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome he starts singing spongebob charity we gotta send the authorities yes exactly <laughs> that's awesome their stepmother decided to drive the boys by the house where they were held captive to show them it wasn't scary this helped them to see that it was just a house so she's actually said that this worked better than any therapy Ugh, i can't imagine being in their shoes because they had to see that it was just a house you know not to be afraid of that house because those people, those bad people are gone. Oh, now. yeah. Jesse went to Chardon High School. He didn't end up graduating, but he did later get his GED. In 2015, he moved with his adoptive parents to Scottsdale and started coaching kids in parkour. He said, I love helping kids to be healthy and active and create and show them there are no limits too big. Jesse told his story on the series Evil Lives Here, Trapped in the Closet. Guys, please, please watch that. Season 11, episode one. Please watch it. It's amazing. I got a lot of information from that, and I cried with him. He is such a brave man. I cannot say that enough. He is so brave. It's very sad. It's going to affect you profoundly, but you need to watch it, everybody, please. Yeah, I agree. If you, if you don't talk about it, nothing changes. Absolutely. He has said every time he has asked Mary why she didn't stop the abuse, she would say it was because she was on drugs. Then it's not an excuse. Nope. Then follow with how sorry she was. He doesn't believe she's sorry, but he has forgiven her. Alice, on the other hand, he can't bring himself to forgive her and doesn't know if he ever will. It's a pretty strong person to be able to uh, forgive anybody in this thing because this is unforgivable acts. Yep. In 2017, Alice told Jesse that she didn't think she had done anything wrong. This was only two years before she asked to get out of jail early. I thought we should mention that. It didn't do anything so wrong. So she didn't do anything wrong, but she changed, guys, remember? Yeah. Ugh. Scumbag. She told him she was stepping in as a mother figure because Mary was incapable. So basically, she tried to tell him that she did the best she could because she wasn't their mother. So she stepped in, you know, being the good Samaritan that she is. Yeah. Bull crap. Yeah. Bull bleep. Yep. Yeah, that's right. We have a bleep button. Christopher yeah. doesn't. <laughs> All right. I'll bleep it. Ready? Bull. There we go. Nice. Okay. Victoria has said that Caleb went through therapy for severe reactive attachment disorder and had a very hard time throughout his teenage years. This poor kid was just a baby when his monster came into his life. Just hearing how badly these poor kids have been affected mentally and physically is truly heartbreaking. At age 18, Caleb got arrested but got a light sentence. Victoria didn't agree with Caleb's sentencing, and sadly, they stopped contact. So his stepmother and himself stopped talking. And I'm not sure if it was because the adoptive mom thought that a harsher sentence might help him straighten his life out. I don't know. That's what know. it seems like to me. Because why would you just stop? I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe she thought if he went to jail, it would We also help don't know him. what don't know. he was charged with. I, I didn't. I, I so don't So that might be a reason oh that's true i didn't think of that danny found love and had a few children of his own he didn't give them his last name and he plans to change his danny and daryl's father went for custody when the boys were sent to foster care after the escape daryl refused to go and stayed in foster care until he was 18 so that says something about the yeah, life that's... with the father before they were because remember those two will were had the father yeah. had custody until until Mary finally got custody of them, so that 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 was that's also a profound thing. That he well, there said. also might be a, a ton of resentment because let's oh, be honest, that's true. That dad had to know a little bit of what was going on. He saw them, right? And right. in that child's eyes, he was probably like, "You made me stay there." That could have very and well. You could have saved me, but yeah. that's just me assuming. But no, I, I, I don't know. So Daryl actually filed a lawsuit against Summit County Children's Services in 2007 when he was just 19 years old. 
in the suit and stated that child services failed to protect him. They he, did. Yep. He detailed all the abuse he suffered during the five-year period. Child services came to the house many times during the five years. There are no public records of the lawsuit going through the court system, but there could have been a settlement reached out of court. Not much more is known about what Daryl is up to now. So that's all we really know about Daryl. Um, he's kind of stayed, and that's good. I mean, he probably just kind of wants to put this behind him, you know? I can't blame him. I can't blame him either. Danny went to live with his father and stepmother in 2004. It wasn't rainbows and butterflies. He had two half-siblings to adjust to, and he didn't get along with his stepmother at all. His father and stepmother eventually divorced, and they ended up moving in with their grandmother, Paula Tulliver. Danny wouldn't finish high school, but received his GED. As a young adult, he struggled finding his way, self-medicating with substances. He ended up changing his life and met a nice girl. They started attending church frequently, and his minister helped him to learn forgiveness, even though he will never forget. He had a child of his own and a stepchild, and has said this about being a parent. Being a parent to me is the most amazing thing, because the greatest accomplishment you can have in this world is what you leave behind. My children, they are my everything. The only girl, Marissa, was sent to live with the, her father and stepmother in 2004, so she was sent back to live with them. I wonder if uh, child services was like, oh, hey, sorry, guys. Yeah. All those calls you made, I guess you were right. This, this makes me so mad. She went to Kenmore High School and was an excellent student. She wanted very much to become a veterinarian and work with animals. Counseling helped her to resume a more normal life. When she was 18, she became pregnant and had her baby while in her senior year. After graduation, she took off for a while, leaving her baby with her father and stepmother. But after about a year, Marissa would come home and embrace being a mother, having two more children. I guess she wrote to her birth mother a few times, still feeling a connection to her in some way. This is the other sad thing, right? That's it your really mother. Is. That's your mother. That's your birth mother. Yeah. I can't. That's what makes it all the more the torment. difficult for me. Right. Exactly. Summertime of 2018, she got married and seemed happier than ever. Unfortunately, just six weeks after her wedding, she was killed in a car accident. She, oh. was, hit, she was hit at head on. Wow. And the person was going like 90 miles an hour. That's it horrible. It was instant. How sad is that? She oh finally God. got her like fairy tale forever. Found her peace One in the world. One trauma after another. Oh my God. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In 2019, when four of the boys came together to dispute Alice's plea for early release, they made a pact to get together for a reunion. Jesse even put together a GoFundMe page to raise the money for them to be together. Jesse said, none of us know each other's story at all. It's crazy reconnecting and all getting on the same path. He went on to say of the GoFundMe page, none of us want anything crazy. We just want to see each other for a few days. I guess there was a ton of support for the boys through the social media. I really do hope they were able to have the, that reunion. Jesse has now since gotten a tattoo of a Band-Aid on his arm that says, I forgive you, and MBR, his mother's initials. I could never forgive. I, I just couldn't. I know. I don't know. This guy, he is, talk about brave. I mean. All, yeah. The, I, what they've been through, and there's still forgiveness. I know. Wow. Uh, it's just, it's beyond me. Let us end this sad case on a positive note. Both Mary and Alice were denied their requests for early release. Hold on. Ready? Yes! Good. Thank God. They are still serving time at the Ohio Reformatory for Women in Marysville, Ohio. They will be eligible for parole in 2033. Way so, too early. Way too early. I, wish, I hope there's something they can do to stop that. I hope so, too. And again... Even though Christopher already said, evil lives here, season 11, episode one, locked in the closet. Please, please watch. Yeah, I, uh, I have nothing to say to this. This is a horrible case. It's unacceptable. We need to stop normalizing letting child protective services 
not do their job. And when you, and just when you see when you watch that episode and you see a grown man that is broken when he's talking about this time in his life. Yeah. Broken. I mean, you can feel his emotion. You can oh, feel 100%. How, many, how many years later, you know, it's Ugh. never going to go away. It's so never going to go away. But I'd be interested to know about the past of Mary and Alice. Not that I really care so much about it, but some people I believe are born evil and then, mm-hmm. you know, some it's a learned behavior, but if that's the case, you break the cycle. Right. Yeah, it's not it's not an easy thing to do unless you've experienced it. And mm-hmm. that goes for all forms of abuse because it is such a deep impact. But as Mark says all the time, plenty of people out there have led normal lives. Right. Right. Yeah. You either let it define who you are or you rise above. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And um you guys uh, were talking uh, about forgiveness. Um, I had my own trauma as a child. Oh, I'm um, sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's, a, that's part of the reason why uh, I shared this story. Um, my abuse was a, a little different. Um, but, you know, in actuality, abuse is abuse. It is. Um, so from like, I would say five to almost eight years old. Um And my perpetrator was an unquote family member. Of course. Uh, Yeah. So I was saying, um, you know, with with this case, uh, the system did really fail and it failed me too. Um, The the abuse that these kids sustained, I mean, I was saying before abuse is abuse, but um, it's the system is very broken. And in my situation, um, it was sexual abuse. Mm. And when it all came out, I remember having to use plush dolls to show what my abuser had done. Oh, my God. Uh, but you're going to love this. Um, it wasn't enough. And because I didn't take the stand myself, he would go to jail and be out for, unquote, good behavior in six months. Are you kidding me? Unacceptable. Not kidding. And it's like, what is that? What does that even mean? Good behaviors. Six months, he's a stand-up inmate, so let's put him back into the public. And maybe maybe not put him in jail. Put Or jail, yes, but a jail for psychiatric. I mean, some people can't be fixed. Yeah. But you just throw him in jail. It's, he's not going to all of a sudden not be what I'm he sorry, was. but yeah, people that are involved in sex crimes, I don't feel like can be fixed. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, too. Especially yep. ones against children. Yep. I mean, that is just the worst of the worst. I mean, we, oh, oh, it's unacceptable. It is unacceptable, but it it, it gets it gets a little better. So, um, so what I want to say is, um, you know, play is a a very important part of child development. Uh, just like with the boys, Jesse and Ty being tied up, they thought it was a game. Yep. Hey, let's see, let's see, I'm going to get loose today. Uh, my abuser would utilize the toy chest. Mm. He would love to lure me with his possessions for play or play house, unquote. Um, and this became normalized to me because you think that this this is love. This is what, you know, my family member is how they're showing me love. And it, it, normalizes, for, it normalizes it for you. Um, how my situation ended... Uh, because, like I said, you're a child in the situation, so it's normal to you. I think that I recall sitting in a class, one of those safety-type classes where they're teaching about fire safety and what to do if this happens, if somebody touches you, if this is inappropriate okay. kind of conversation. Yep. And I remember clicking, putting it together and saying, this is this is what's happening to me. Wow, you were groomed so that you thought it was normal. Because of course you would. You're just a little boy. Yep. Oh yep. my god. And, and I'll never forget. And because I almost I almost didn't say anything. Almost didn't. I asked my mom um, one day. I was like, "Mom, can we go for a walk?" And I was like, "I just want to talk to you about something." So we literally walked all the way down the road. And all the way back down, and I still hadn't told her. And we got all the way back home, and she was like, I thought you wanted to tell me something. And I I couldn't get it out at first. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't. And then finally, I said it. 
And my mother just dropped to her knees. Oh, she had no um, idea. She didn't. Um, fortunately for me, my mother believed me. Thank God. Because some mothers, some parents don't. I hate, I and hate, I hate when I hear me that. Too. And it's like, you know what? Even if something's going on, maybe your child is going through something else and they're lashing out. You true. don't know that. That's true. You, you just don't know that it, it still could be true. You know? Um, so thank, thankfully, um, that she believes me. And then after that is when everything happened. So I got pulled out of school and a lot of things changed and it was very traumatic for me. It, it was very traumatic. And, um, you know, it's, it's something, you know, like these poor children, it will never go away. Once it's done, it's done. Yep. There's no, there's no taking it back. There's no forgetting it. There's no magic button that's going to wash it away. It happens it, and it's done and it happens way too often. And uh, for me, um, you know, I am proof that you can move on. Um, you don't forget that you can move on. You can live a decent life. It doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to control you. But uh, it is common for people to have post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, from things like this. Yeah. Um, it's often associated with war veterans, but it's not just that it's anyone can develop PTSD at any age, at any time, whether it's uh, due to war, a school shooting, a natural disaster, any form of abuse, and the list goes on. For me personally, um, I had a lot of emotional trauma. So when everything was said and done, I everything happened so quickly. I was pulled out of school, and then uh, we ended up moving because at that time, um, when everything came out, we were living with my abuser. Oh my oh, gosh. Wow. So we had to uproot our home. I, I changed schools. Um, and I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any friends. So I became extremely withdrawn. You wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so. <laughs> That's the me now. But yeah. me, me then was very withdrawn. Um, and uh, I suffered um a lot of emotional trauma, depression, um, and growing into adulthood, uh, you know, difficulty, ex you know, experiencing and expressing emotions, making poor decisions and, uh, difficulty establishing, um, personal relationships, setting clear boundaries, abandonment issues. Cause when you're, you're a child in this situation, this is somebody you trust. Yeah. How this is somebody that, how do you trust again? Somebody you love. Yeah, how do you this how do you someone, learn to trust? And you and you, like I said, it normalizes for you. So it's like it, it, it results in a child believing that other people they love are going to hurt them, where it makes it acceptable. Mm. And um, uh, I, hence in my story, I, and I say a bit of it because um, it's kind of like the leave before you can hurt me scenario. Where I'd make a poor decision, where I'd I'd stay for the wrong reason, or making poor choices that open, ultimately would end the relationship, or, or, and the trauma would be all over again. Yeah. Because P, if you know anything about PTSD, it, it's trauma and it triggers it creates the trauma over and over and over again. And um, I went through feelings of shame, guilt self-blame it's my fault because i went with them it's my fault because this is someone i love and and they were just trying to show me love um and a big one uh for me is um fears of becoming a perpetrator <laughs> oh um, well, i see what you're saying fears of that because it's it, it's like you get this anxiety right and it's like will this be me is this what i'm gonna become and what really, really helped me with this was hearing someone else say it out loud. Oh, okay. Um, I watched a lot of I watch a lot of true crime, obviously on ID. And um, one of the stories was about this guy who suffered abuse, and um, he he was a victim. Expressed about how he about how he feared that becoming an adult, something inside him would snap, and that he would not only be a victim, but he'd be an abuser himself. And it's it's a terrible thing to feel this type of anxiety as a child and well into adulthood. No child should ever experience this, any form of abuse. And unfortunately, it happens way too often and it goes unspoken. It completely robs you of your childhood. Absolutely. Yeah. It, 
Unbelievable. So fast forward years later, I mean, I did go through some therapy um, and things are much, much better. I've, uh, I would say that I've, I've healed, um, but a lot of things I mm, haven't talked about um, or have just been able to talk about um, and that actually being one of them. Um, so fast forwarding to adulthood, um, I would say about maybe five years ago, something like that. Um, maybe a little more. Uh, I found him on Facebook. Oh boy. Oh boy. So you know how people pop up in your friend suggestions? Yep. I wasn't looking for him. He popped up in my friend suggestions. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, it was kind of like it was meant to be uh, because I saw that he had this girlfriend from the Philippines with a son. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I pondered, you know, what my actions would be um, as far as this. And, uh, and I said, I-, I don't care. I don't care what happens. I don't care what this causes me. There's no way I could know this and not say anything. Good for you. So I, I wouldn't forgive myself for that. So I contacted this woman. Um, and I told her who I was, I explained the whole situation and I told her what happened and you want to know what her response was. I can only imagine. He's a changed man. He found God. Oh, oh boy. God. I have issues. My God. So I, you know what guys? It's like, I, I did my part you and did. it's like, okay, well, you know what? You know now, and now it's on you. And I, t- and I said it exactly like that. I said, now it's on you. And you can live with that with the rest of your life now. Yep. When that does happen to your child, unacceptable. Yep. Put your yep. children first. Oh, I'm. It just winds me up. I don't understand that. I really yeah. don't. So, and the thing is, you, you know, you were talking about forgiveness, and uh, you were saying about, it was Tyler, right? That you had the bandaid tattoo. Yeah, um, Jesse. Jesse, Jesse, yep. Jesse. That's right. Um, so people often say, like, "Well, how can you forgive someone like that? I could never do that." And often, there are many survivors that don't and can't. But on the flip side to that, forgiveness is often not about the abuser. It's about the victim. In my case, um, it was a way to say uh, this event does not define me. You didn't beat me. I'm here. I'm strong. I won. You know, living living my life. Living – the message should be living it happy and well is the ultimate revenge. It is. That's, yeah. You know what? That That is an amazing statement because you're right. You – you went through this, you suffered through it, but you came up, came out on top, you know, and that's, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the message that I really want to send because, you know, this situation for these kids, they survived and no, it wasn't, you know, wasn't always happy and there was a lot of other tragedies involved, but they're still here. And, you know, although it does not go away, it doesn't have to beat you. Right. And I, and I, is anybody listening out there? I want to tell you. Wake up, rise up, because it does not have to be this way. Wow. You don't, ha- you don't have to live like that. And that goes for anyone suffer- suffering from any type of abuse, whether it's physical abuse, emotional, domestic violence, you know, sibling abuse. You, you know, it's, there's all kinds of abuse. There is. You don't, you don't have to accept it. You don't. Wow. Um, one of the things that I also want to just say is that um, – if anybody is out there that would like help or need more information, um, there's a website. Its acronym is R-A-I-N-N, and it stands for Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network. The website is online.rainn.org, and it's 1-800-656-HOPE or 4673. This is a confidential number it's also used for reporting abuse or seeking help from abuse and they can direct you to local services local resources should i say um you know counseling therapy all those kinds of things that could be helpful in the situation oh that's awesome here's a spot for people to start that don't know what to do exactly exactly that's amazing yeah yeah i just you know i want to put it out there because it's such a stigma that people are so afraid to talk about. Like, why are you afraid to talk about it? You didn't do it to yourself. 
Yeah, I, I get it that you hear that a lot. It is such an embarrassment factor for people that would just rather not have to deal with it. And it's sad because it lets a lot of people go free. Yes. And you know how and you know how sad not not, not to mention the fact that he only did six months, but the fact that which is sickening, by the way, is. Yeah. And his family. Try to sweep it right under the rug. Of course they did. And, and, you know, so I, I know all angles of this. You know, it, it was like his part of the family was like, ah, uh, you know, he made a mistake. Like, I made a mistake. You, know, <laughs> you made a mistake. You didn't oh, cheat yeah. on a test. Right. That's right. a mistake. You didn't maybe. go through a red light. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 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 So and, and another thing is um, it's such a stigma, too, when it comes to males reporting abuse. Yeah, I ag- and wholeheartedly and, agree with that statement that you just said and and, and talking about it. You know, um, more and more, I'm 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 hearing you know guys' stories, and I've had conversations. This is actually the first time I've publicly talked about my story. Wow, we want to thank you so much. That's that's amazing that you were able to thank do you. that. Thank you. Um, I I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to go, but I'm very glad that I did. Well, very hopefully, somebody did. hearing your story allows them to open up, and you know. It's going to help somebody. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope so. Stand up, guys. Stand up. Well, that's the end of today's episode. And as everybody knows, I always wrap up every episode with a see ya. But we got a special guest today. Christopher, tell the crime creeps that you're out. You've been listening to Case Watch Podcast. I'm Christopher, and I'm out. See ya. Bye, guys. See ya. goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.